It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all in one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like... Can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans at Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. Welcome to the Ringers Philly special. Shiel Kapadia here. It's a solo pod. The Phillies are two wins away from the World Series after a 4-2 win over the San Diego Padres. It's late Friday night. I thought about going outside, taking like a 10-minute walk before recording this pod. These games are excruciating, but they come through with the victory. Here's what we're going to do. We're gonna, you know, we do the Thursday 10 on the Ringers Philly special. Me and Ben Solak for Eagles coverage. And I'm going to do the, the post-game five. Might not have the same ring to it, but I uh, wanted to get a quick reaction pot out here. Five points to make. Then we'll get to some leftovers. All right. Point number one. Rob Thompson went all in with his approach. It's only game three, but look at how he managed this pitching staff, how he managed the bullpen. Pulls Ranger Suarez after five innings. And 68 pitches. I looked this up. 30 starts this season. There were only three times that Ranger Suarez threw fewer than 68 pitches. He was pitching very well. But Thompson said afterwards, you know what? He hadn't pitched in nine days. You were getting to a part in the lineup there. uh, A right-handed pocket there with Machado. He wanted to get him out there. And so he had a plan. Get 12 outs from Eflin, Alvarado, and Dominguez, I guess more more uh, accurately, it would be get nine outs from Alvarado and Dominguez. So uh, Eflin comes in, gets him in the sixth. Alvarado comes in in the seventh, starts the eighth. And then Sir Anthony Dominguez for six outs, calls on him for six outs, 34 pitches, the fifth most of his career, the second most he's had this season. Alvarado, 27 pitches. The second most he's thrown 
all season. They get it done. They somehow get it done. There were nail-biting moments, but they get the 12 outs that they needed from the bullpen. My thing is, man, this would have been a disastrous loss given the approach and the way he was handling that bullpen. I mean, if you go into game four, down 2-1 with Bailey Falter starting, not having Sir Anthony, not sure what you're getting from Alvarado, that is such a tough spot to be in with this series. But guess what? They don't have to worry about it. They won. Now you're up 2-1. You have four games to go. Uh, you know, Rob Thompson said after the game that he'll have to see whether Sir Anthony can go on Saturday, whether he's available. He said Alvarado and Eflin should be fine. I was looking up when Alvarado has thrown this many pitches, again, 27 pitches, the second most he's thrown all season. He's only gone back-to-back once the entire year when he's thrown at least 20 pitches in a game. In that game, it was 20 pitches exactly. So uh, we'll see. We'll see if they use him on Saturday. But this was obviously a situation where Rob Thompson said, we are doing everything. We're emptying the bag to go up 2-1 here, and then we'll see what happens on Saturday and Sunday. So now you're up 2-1. You still have Wheeler. You still have Nola. There you got two more starts from those two guys in two of the remaining Four games, anything can happen, but that is a great spot to be in. So Topper, he does it once again. We're all going, why are you taking Suarez out? Oh, can, can Sir Anthony really get six outs here? It wasn't like he was just you know mowing them down and not throwing a lot of pitches, but left him in there, got the job done. We'll be results-oriented here and say fantastic job. It certainly worked out. All right, point number two, the crowd got the Phillies that check swing call on Profar in the top of the ninth. I don't know if it was a check swing. I don't know if he went. I don't know the exact rules. I don't know how the umpires call it. I mean, it seems to there seems to be such high variance. Uh, every time you see that, we mentioned it on the pod earlier in the series when I was talking to Brad Rutter and said the same thing. I, I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, but in this situation... Man, I listen, if it was called on the Phillies, everyone would, would be uh, going nuts here. But I really believe that if that game is in San Diego, they're not calling that a third strike. I believe if that if that's in Philadelphia and it's not a raucous crowd the way it was, fantastic crowd, once again on their feet every time the Phillies had two strikes uh, on, a, on a Padres batter, every time there's two outs, if there's not that sort of environment that that ump is dealing with there in the bottom of the ninth, I really don't know if you get that call. They got the call. It's fantastic. Uh, you'll take it. You go from first and second with nobody out to just Josh Bell on first with one out. And it was sort of like the, the balloon deflated after that call. I mean, sure, you were you still a little bit nervous? Yeah, but uh, for me at least, you know, that at bat, with Profar, when you thought, all right, he's, if he walks him and it's two on here with nobody out, this is going to end in disaster. Once you got that check swing call, you were like, oh, okay, maybe they are actually going to get out of this. And then it seemed like you snap your fingers and all of a sudden the game is over there. So uh, that was huge. David Ortiz was on TV afterwards, by the way, wearing a, a beautiful Kelly Green Reggie White jersey during the pregame show, uh, he said he thought that was about as close as it gets. He didn't think it was an egregious call either way. He said that's kind of right down the middle, can go either way. So I'm sure there will be uh, varying takes on whether it was a check swing or not a check swing. The, the Phillies get the call in a big spot. By the way, respect to Profar. I love the reaction, man. 
just multiple FUs and just gets tossed in like three seconds after the call is made. Uh, not a fan of his for this series, but, um, you know, when he's not playing the Phillies, that's, that's a guy you have to root for. That's a fantastic reaction, a memorable moment in this series for sure. All right, point number three. This was the Gene Segura game. Now, it, it felt like it definitely was the Gene Segura game for a while there. And then the way it ended, I guess you could you could change uh, how you're going to remember this game three of the NLCS. But think about all the things that happened with Gene Segura in this game. Third inning, diving snag to save a single. Fourth inning, he drops a potential double play ball. At second base, the Padres tied up 1-1. Felt like a disaster as soon as that play happened. But then in the top half of the inning, comes back, huge two-out single, scores a pair of runs, but not just that. The man spiked his bat, like Reese Hoskins hitting a home run over left field. This was not a home run to to left field. This was a single, a blooping single on a low and outside pitch right over the second baseman's head, and he found the time to look at the Phillies dugout, spike his bat. I loved every second of it. Who does that? Uh, It was fantastic. Not only that, then he he gets picked off at first. After that, uh, all these things happen in the first four innings, but maybe his biggest play, seventh inning, Alvarado on the mound, diving snag. If he doesn't make that play, the Padres get two on with Soto up against Alvarado in a 4-2 game. I I don't know that anybody's heart could have handled that situation. So thank you to him for making that play. But man, what a roller coaster of a game. The bat spike on the single was fantastic. I might have to try to get my daughter to do that in softball tomorrow, even if it leads to her getting kicked out of the game. I think it'll be worth it. I think most of the people will understand that it is a tribute to him. So uh, the ups and downs, but yeah, that that single, that two-out single was huge, absolutely, and uh, another memorable moment in, uh, I think this will be the Gene Segura game. Point number four, Bryson Stott, huge, maybe under-the-radar performance. I don't know if it's under-the-radar or not, but just a huge performance out of the rookie Fourth inning, two out. It's a one-one game. Castellanos had just hit into that double play that, that gets Bryce, you know, Bryce Harper and himself out. And you're going, oh my gosh, this is, you know, what is going on here? You felt like they were maybe setting up for a big inning. He hits into that double play, but then Boehm comes on. He singles, and then it's an 0-2 count. An 0-2 count. Bryson Stott against Musgrove, and Stott does what he does, and that's terrific at bats. I haven't looked at his home away splits. It certainly feels like he he is up for these moments at Citizens Bank Park. We talked about the one uh, last series in game three. It has another one in this game three. Takes two balls, fouls two more off, and then on the seventh pitch of the at bat after being down 0-2, rips a double into right field, sets up two on with Segura up. And of course, we just talked about that. He drives both players home. But man, that was an under-the-radar, huge at-bat, huge moment. Uh, 0-2 count. Again, an 0-2 count. And he came through in that spot. So that obviously was huge. And then in the sixth inning, I mean, both those guys, Stott and Segura, Eflin's pitching, one out, two on. Josh Bell hits a grounder to Segura. Gets Cronenworth at second, and then a terrific turn by Stott to first for a double play. I did not think 
they were getting him at first base. It was so close. It felt like a miracle in that moment. It felt like something bad was about to happen, which is basically what every at bat feels like in the baseball playoffs. But that moment specifically, they turned the double play uh, absolutely huge there in the sixth inning. And Stott had a double earlier in the game as well. I thought he was terrific in the field all night long. He's just, you know, you just have these guys who you watch during the playoffs and you're like, do I trust this person? Do I not trust this person? And for a, a rookie like Stott to come up big in these spots, you just, you know, whether he's he's at bat or in the field, you feel like you're going to get sort of the uh, the best version of him, his best effort, and he's going to come through, even though that's obviously not always going to be the case. Point number five, Ranger Suarez. How about his the job he did not getting rattled? In this game, you know, the way he was pitching uh, final line, two runs, one earned, two hits, no walks, three strikeouts in five innings. But man, there were a couple spots in this game where if you're not mentally tough and as listeners know, I've I'm self-admittedly very mentally weak. So I cannot really relate to these athletes in these situations. But after Segura has that error in the fourth inning. Suarez comes back, gets the next two batters. Fantastic job by him there, limiting the damage. And then the very next inning in the fifth, Hoskins mishandles that routine chopper to first. A run scores that inning, but you know Suarez got three straight ground ground balls and three straight outs, and so that was a two base error. Uh, leadoff man gets to second base. You get three straight ground outs after that. You limit it to just one run there. Uh, I thought that was a fantastic job by him as well. The defense was not good behind him in this game. It didn't rattle him, and you know that's what we've come to expect. But you know he had that outing in Atlanta. In the last series where he walks five and three and a third, he said afterwards he was kind of too amped up uh, for that spot. And uh, he bounces back and gives them just a huge outing here in game three under what, you know, these were not easy circumstances. Series is tied at 1-1. Your guys are making errors behind you. And the way he limited the damage there, I thought, was absolutely huge. All right, let's finish it up with some leftovers. Must every ground ball be such an adventure? I mean, there was a, there was a point in this game where the, the play by play by play guy Joe Davis started announcing a one two three inning when a grounder was hit to Alec Bohm, and I'm like yelling at my TV, "Do not do that! What have you not watched this team? I mean, uh, wait till they actually complete the play." The chopper to Hoskins at first base, my goodness, unnecessary anxiety. I think Smoltz said. That's a play that the first baseman makes 99 out of 100 times. That might have even been underselling it. I mean, that is as routine as it gets. It obviously doesn't get come back to cost them in this spot. But anytime there's a ground ball in the infield, anytime there's a throw to first base, even if it looks like it's going right in Hoskins' glove, uh, you just kind of hold your breath until you hear the announcer uh, say that the batter is actually out or until you see the ump make the signal that the batter is actually out. I feel like there's going to be a little more of that uh, before this Phillies playoff run is over. So we don't need that. We definitely do not uh, need that. And uh, Keith Hernandez, you can still go to Helsinki, but man, uh, it is tough to watch some of these grounders. Schwarber, I didn't even mention Schwarber yet. The bomb in the first inning. Oh, it's such a relief when they score first 
in these games. You know it's uh, probably not going to last. There's going to be uh, stress later, but when they get on the board first, it feels uh, it, it just feels great in terms of your viewing experience. Jason Stark, the great Jason Stark, had this stat on Kyle Schwarber. First 19 plate appearances, zero times on base. Last 20 plate appearances, 12 times on base, including two home runs. So uh, we talked about Schwarber before this series, that he was somebody, obviously, uh, the numbers were terrible before the series. He had not been playing well, but he's just someone you don't give up on. You feel like it's a matter of time. The longer the Phillies playoff run goes, the more moments he's going to have like he had in this game. And so uh, that that's something, obviously, to continue to keep an eye on going forward. But I mean, he's, he's going to have these moments. He's built that way. He's wired that way. He has the experience and the man hit 46 home runs in the regular season. So uh, first homer Musgrove had allowed in his last 25 innings. So thank you, Kyle Schwarber, for allowing us some uh, some early stress relief in that game. I was ready to come on and just crush Nick Castellanos. That was in in my notes for this game. But then uh, he comes out and he hits a two-out double in the sixth inning. Bohm drives him home with another uh, double. So listen, I'm not going to come on here and say, all right, you know, Castellanos, have faith in him to come through. Some of these at-bats are just so hard to watch with him. You have no faith that he's going to come through. He just looks lost up there. I feel like Smoltz gets kind of frustrated and annoyed by him uh, at times as he's as he's describing Castellanos's ap- aggressive approach and swinging at pretty much anything and always swinging at the first pitch other than that one at bat but uh listen he had a big two out double helped get them to 4-2 3-2 would have been a lot more stressful so uh I will save some of that uh for a later date when it's more appropriate see I'm a nice guy I'm a nice podcaster all right let's finish it with Sir Anthony Two innings, six outs, one hit, three Ks, no walks. What a gamer, this guy. I mean, to get those six outs, to pitch those uh, two innings there, to throw that many pitches, he gets Machado swinging. He comes in for Alvarado in the eighth. Soto's on first. Uh, really, you know, you know Machado's going to have one of these moments probably before the weekend is over. You thought this might be it. And, and again, in that spot, if Machado gets him, for a home run and the Phillies go on to lose and you've already pitched Alvarado that many pitches, you've already, you know, you're going to pitch Sir Anthony that many pitches, that would have been a disaster. And he strikes him out, you know, maybe uh, certainly one of the biggest at bats in this game. So uh, that was fantastic. Uh, Love watching him pitch, have confidence in him as, you know, more so than any other pitcher uh, on the staff, certainly more so than any other reliever uh, on the staff. We don't know when we'll see him next, maybe on Sunday. I would imagine he would get the day off on Saturday, but we'll see. We'll see uh, what happens. You know, he was interviewed on the field after the game and said, this is the playoffs. We don't got tomorrow. We got today. And that's really how they managed this game. That's how they approached this game. They just went for it and it worked out for them. So there you go. Those are the thoughts on game three. Phillies up 2-1 in the series. Like I said, you still get two starts from Wheeler and Nola. That is a great place to be. What more could you ask for if you are a Phillies fan or if you are a member of this Phillies team? So everybody, enjoy the game, game four. 
Saturday night. I'm going to wait until Sunday to do the next pod where, you know, those games, it's a, it's a night game and then it's a day game on Sunday. So we'll let both those games play out. I'll come back Sunday night with the High Hopes boys. James Seltzer and Jack Fritz will rejoin me uh, as they did during the last episode. We'll talk about games four and five. Who knows? Maybe we're talking about a Phillies team that's headed to the World Series. Maybe we're talking about a Phillies team that wasted opportunities and is going back to San Diego down 3-2. Or maybe we're talking about a Phillies team that is up 3-2 going back to San Diego and just needs to win one of the final two. Obviously, all those things are possible. I'm not going to make a bold prediction and jinx it. Let's see how it plays out. Everyone enjoy the rest of the series. Enjoy the weekend. Thank you for joining me and thank you for listening listening to the Ringers Philly special. Again, we will talk to you soon. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC Pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com.